Welcome to the Talking Freelance Podcast. If you're new to freelancing or looking to maximize your success on platforms like Upwork, you're in the right place. Each week, we invite industry experts and freelance superstars where we unpack their strategies and hear their stories on how they launched and grew their own freelance businesses. Here's your host, a successful entrepreneur, freelancer, and success strategist, Leah Myers. All right. Welcome to the Talking Freelance Podcast. I am super excited to have you here today. I have Tracy here and she is a mindset, ADHD and alcohol free living coach. And so I'm just going to give her the floor and we're going to talk about all things ADHD today, some tips and tricks, and I'm excited to learn from her and go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about ADHD. I love ADHD brains. I love thinking about ADHD um, and just all of those things that are going on um, in all of our minds. So I am a mindset ADHD and alcohol-free living coach. Um, I've had a coaching practice for uh, every time I say it, it sounds longer and longer, over 20 years. Um, I co-own a company called Navigating ADHD, where we work with children and families. And the mindset and alcohol-free part, blending that all in, is in a new business I have, Tracy Bromley Coaching, with a group coaching program called Lessen the Overwhelm. Because overwhelm is definitely the word I hear used most, not even just recently, but over the years with all my work in ADHD and outside of it, I would say. I definitely feel the overwhelm from time to time. I feel like I've been doing I've been doing a lot better with putting like some coping skills in there when I feel that overwhelm coming in. But again, like until you're in it, it's sometimes hard and you never I mean you don't always expect it. So Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For ADHD brains when I think overwhelm also, um, ADHD is all about extremes. So, you know, you, everyone feels overwhelmed throw ADHD in there or some anxiety and it's just to a whole other level that causes a lot of conflict, confusion, frustration, all of those things. Yeah. And so I love that we're going to talk mainly about ADHD, but how it affects someone, but also from the freelancing perspective, like don't stop listening. If you are like, I'm hundred percent certain I do not have ADHD. I want to just put that like disclaimer in here at the very beginning, because one thing that I want to make sure that we're stressing and what Tracy told me about before we started the recording is like something I didn't even think about. If you don't personally have ADHD or you don't have those symptoms, but you are working as a freelancer, chances are you're going to come into working with someone who has those, has ADHD or has ADHD symptoms. And so we're going to work through some different tips and tricks on how to work with those people as well. So definitely stay tuned um, for that too. So I just wanted to make sure that no one was going to exit listening because it doesn't apply to them because I feel like ADHD is definitely at an influx in our society and it affects so many people around us. Absolutely. And in so many different ways. And some of the ways are the typical ones you would think about. And some of the ones are maybe things that wouldn't cross your mind. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, for sure. All right. I will let you just kind of jump in. And if you want to just start with any tips on how to um, overcome some, you know, ADHD symptoms or however you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, 
So always for me, the most important thing to think about with ADHD is really understanding your own brain. So we know all the typical kind of things you hear about ADHD, you know, like, oh, it's hard to focus, can't pay attention. When and, and if you talk with someone with ADHD about this, you know, it's not really a matter of not being able to focus. It's actually a surplus of attention. So it's someone's brain paying attention to everything at the same time. People always describe it to me as, you know, it's like having 10 different TVs all going at the same time. And you're really needing to pay attention to one of those but if it's not new, exciting, or you're like really invested in it, it's pretty hard to figure out how to tune in and pay attention to it. So for people with ADHD, it's not something to fix. It's not like there's something wrong. All of our brains work differently. And it's more of something to just start thinking about, okay, this is my brain. I don't need to have shame around it or guilt because most women that come to me they feel terrible. They they don't they don't want to not be the entrepreneur who shows up on time all the time, has their stuff together and is ready to go, you know, has this calm morning and every morning they start their morning routine. When you have ADHD, those things can be really, really difficult. But all it means is that you need to find a different way to be successful in your life. You have to figure out how do you get from A to B in your own way so that you can own it. You can own some of the extremes of ADHD that are awesome and amazing, like an ability to hyper-focus like no other when it's your area of passion. Or perhaps you're the person who everyone describes as being so generous and has the biggest heart. You know, that's an extreme of ADHD where you're giving so much because you feel others' experiences so deeply. So that's one of the most important things to start thinking about if you have ADHD is start thinking about it differently when you can. Start flipping it a little bit from, okay, I'm not trying to fix anything. I'm trying to just figure out how I might do everything different than anyone I know, but I'm going to get to the same point. I'm going to reach my goal. Mm -hmm. I love that because when I've had conversations with people who have the full diagnosis of ADHD, or they're like wondering if they have them because of the symptoms that they're displaying. It's always like, how am I like, I need a fix, I need to fix myself. And it's, it's really not it's learning how to cope and, and redirect or figure out how it makes the most sense for you as an individual. It's the same thing for all of us. Like one person's time management skill that they have is not going to work for the next person you know, or my house is going to be very organized, very differently than yours. And it's what works for us at the time. I feel like that's the same thing, you know, and you can elaborate on that with ADHD symptoms. Yeah, no, it's such a good point because the ADHD doesn't look the same for everyone. It's a spectrum. Um, it definitely can be more severe for some people than another. Um, what gets frustrating is for if you have ADHD, it can be frustrating when you try a strategy and it works really well for a week or two weeks, or maybe you get really lucky and it works for a month. And then all of a sudden, whatever that thing was you were doing, it just doesn't work anymore. And everyone around you is like, what the heck? It worked. You did it for two weeks or you were able to show up on time for whatever. What were you doing different? 
And the ADHD brain is all about that like need for stimulation. It's a dopamine hit when you try something new. It's a reward when you do it successfully. So it really comes down to also being aware of you need to tweak things as you go. Just because you used a strategy and now it doesn't work quite as well, it doesn't mean throw it to the side and think, oh, that just doesn't work. It's my ADHD. It's okay. I'm anticipating whatever this new change is that I'm doing. It's going well, which means I'm probably going to have to tweak it. So when that tweak rears its head, you can say, okay, I need to make adjustments here. I need to switch it up. I need to change the ringtone. I need to change the alarm. I need to change what I do first rather than the thing I've been doing first for the past two weeks. So mixing it up and being okay with that and explaining it to people that are around you that, hey, I'm trying something new. It's probably going to work for a little bit and then it's not going to work. So when it doesn't work, if you can just see it as, okay, you need to make a shift. It takes all that like guilt, like, oh, here we go again. You can't do it again. Mm-hmm. Or for your children, you know, if they're doing something and it's working really well and then all of a sudden it's a mess again, you know, versus that having to be a situation that's a letdown. It just means, OK, how do we get from point A to point B again? We need to make adjustments. And that can be exhausting and draining. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it does mean that it's possible and there's always a way to figure it out. Always. Right. And so for me, working with people who have had ADHD or they've had those symptoms as a freelancer, that for me is where I need to make clear boundaries. Like I have one client right now Mm -hmm. that is a full like, I have ADHD, they've been very open with me. And you know, it's been a struggle for them to grow their business to as large as it is, which I'm very proud of them. But they're the mm-hmm. first thing that they do when they're working with me is they don't like sneak into my boundaries. So I have to have very crystal clear, like they're a client where they will send me, I will get an email from them at three o'clock in the morning because something happened that they needed to respond to. And I just need to like schedule out. So if they send anything, my, they know that my operating hours are from 9am to 5pm central standard time. I've had to get that specific with them anything outside of those times and they send it to me, I might personally respond to them, but that email is not going to them until my working time because I need to be clear with my boundaries because I know that once I send that email, it's going to be rapid fire three, four email exchange back and forth if that boundary is not put in place. Absolutely. That's such a good point. And I'm um, so happy you're aware of that because not everyone is. And then it ends up in a situation that's causing more stress, more overwhelm, more just frustration, like at the person in the situation. So boundaries are really, really important. Um, and if you think of ADHD and you're working and with someone with ADHD and their brain's going really, really fast, it's five steps ahead at all times, you know when they're in their zone because they're so good at it. And then there's other parts that maybe fall apart. You know, if you can go back to thinking less is more and kind of that idea that clear boundaries without a lot of explanation and just saying, here's my work hours versus a big explanation on your part, um, that helps the ADHD brain. You know, communicating clearly and concisely is really important. Um, 
executive functioning skills are something that we all have. And executive functioning skills are things like managing time, planning and prioritizing, can be organizing. It can be flexibility in how we think about things, how we regulate our emotions. And all of these things kind of also run a spectrum. So with ADHD, there's always weakened executive functioning skills. So you could also have someone who has weakened executive functioning skills, but not ADHD. So it can get really confusing. But when you think about communication skills, we're all organizing the information differently in our brains. And I like to think about it as like a file cabinet in our brain. So someone with ADHD has the information in their brain, but when you ask them for it, it might be disorganized. So they can't quite find it. It's not in alphabetical order. The files aren't categorized. So it takes extra time. Someone might get distracted and go off track. So when you as a non-ADHD brain person are communicating with someone with ADHD, if you can think of putting things into clear, concise steps, really small steps as you're communicating, either what you're doing on a project or what the timeline is, that's also going to be really, really helpful um, to break it down, like really break it down. Like think of brushing your teeth. If you don't have to think about brushing your teeth, you do it. You don't think about you have to get the toothbrush. You have to open the cap on the toothpaste. You have to put it on. You have to brush your teeth. You have to rinse it off. There's all these steps. With ADHD, those steps are pretty tough sometimes. So keep in mind whenever you're communicating, break everything apart as much as possible. Not like that you're talking. It has to be robot-like. It just needs to be broken down. Mm-hmm. And for this client in particular, and I guess maybe this is just, I mean, it's definitely served as a, I've had them for quite some time. Um, So it's definitely served as like a, basically a self-development client for myself as well, because it's, it's requiring me Mm. to be very specific and how I communicate with them. And it's also trickling into my other clients, like making sure that clients understand things where sometimes I just kind of run because it's second nature to me. Um, and this client in particular, I I like what you said about breaking it down into steps. And so I think that when I first started working with them, I would have like a weekly call with them and we would have a laundry list of all of the topics. And by the end of that call, I would just be exhausted because I kept having to like rein them in, refocus them. like, And that was before I knew that they had ADHD. And so I was just like, this is a chaotic mess. And so now I have two to three 30-minute calls with them where here's the one topic. I'd rather have one topic that we're talking about in this call and have another call six hours from now about another topic because otherwise we get through this topic, we're moving on to the next topic, but then all of a sudden I find myself, we're back into the first topic. Yes, yes. So um, this is actually uh, what you are doing. So there's this idea that um, ADHD, uh, you know, people can be the ADHD brains administration person or the ADHD brain scheduler or the ADHD 
person who's going to make sure the person sticks to a routine. So when you're doing those things for your client, you're in essence predicting like this is going to go better if I do this. So that's Mm -hmm. a great tool in modeling of what someone could do for a client. If you're the person with ADHD, starting to learn how to do that for yourself is really, really important. And what I will do just kind of sticking on um, your example, I might be talking to a client and there's a laundry list of stuff they need to get done and they're very overwhelmed and don't know where to start. So we will pick one of those things that they feel like they could be most successful with in the shortest amount of time. And we'll do a little exercise. We will first start with a brain dump and that's just taking all of your ideas and I set a timer for four minutes they just write down or they could do voice to text every single thing that pops into their head for that four minutes that has to do with this one task, or maybe it's a random thought. They look back at it after the four minutes, cross out everything random, and they see what is left that has to do with this one task. And from there, we start to be able to figure out, okay, here's the steps. Your brain just dumped them out. You knew what the steps were, You just didn't give yourself a chance to stop and pause because ADHD brains don't like to stop and pause. There's no excitement in the pause. But doing a simple exercise like that, that can take literally eight minutes. I time it all the time with my clients where they can break down a task into teeny steps. And then that executive functioning skill of initiation, which is the brain's ability to kick in and start a task. That simple process allows them to to start because now it's not so overwhelming anymore. There's one little piece. So your example is so great of you doing that with your client because in essence, that's where you're helping their brain do. You're bringing them back and you're putting boundaries and you're putting a timeline. I didn't even realize that that's what I was doing. I was just doing that for (laughs) self-preservation because at the end of the day, like... I was just exhausted after those calls. So I was like, something's got to change, you know, and what kept happening is what was getting to be really frustrating for me and them is I would work on something, turn it over to them exactly how we had discussed it. And then we would keep redoing that project. And I had to just put like, okay, we're going to just launch this course as it is right now. And we're going to let your audience tell us what they want next if there's any issue, Mm. because I've already redone this course for you three times. You've paid me development time three times. You're getting frustrated because Mm -hmm. the bills keep coming in. I'm getting frustrated because I'm making these minor tweaks and I think it's (laughs) great. And we just need to get it out the door because I want to see like my true excitement comes from like learning the stats on the data on the back end after a course is launched. It's not the true development of courses sometimes for me. It's like, I want to learn how people are consuming the content. Like, that's what I get excited about. And so that's where I was like, you just have to put a boundary again in place of like, we're getting it to like 70% completed or like where you think that it's a good enough to launch and we're going to run with it, move on to the next thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I do a lot of that in my coaching where it's really powerful for ADHD brains to even be having those kind of conversations. Because if you think about it, that would just go on and on and on without you 
setting that bar and saying, okay, this is where we're ending this. This is the hard stop. These kind of things can be learned. The brain is, there's neuroplasticity. We can teach our brains to do things that it doesn't naturally do. So it's never, I'm getting rid of how my brain naturally thinks. You're just adding on another pathway in the brain of, okay, wait, there's actually a way I can set a boundary for myself. I just didn't know it because I hadn't seen it and no one showed me how to do it. So you doing that is so helpful. And that's a whole other conversation. There's probably some perfectionism built in there as well for the for yeah. people who you, know, you just can't ever finish it. It's not good enough yet. And with ADHD, those extremes, the brain then fixates on that. And it's really hard to, to, to cut off of that. But setting boundaries is extremely helpful. Yeah. And, and we can all learn how to do that for ourselves. For sure. What would you say the the top two or three tips would be when you're when you feel like you have ADHD? So we'll do it for both. What if you feel like you have ADHD? If you're not been fully diagnosed, or if you're not if you're making the choice to not get diagnosed, what are two or three tips that you can implement to have a, success, a successful business? And then the flip side of that, you know, two or three tips if you are finding yourself that you think that you're working with someone who has ADHD. Sure. So for someone who um, has ADHD or suspects that they do, it's really important to just pick one small aspect of your life that you want to work on changing. It can be really difficult if you start doing a big, you know, I'm going to visualize my ideal life. That's huge for ADHD brains. So for someone that's doing this on their own without the support of a coach or someone, my recommendation would be to pick one small thing that you would like to make a change to and only focus on that one part. So I even mean, you know, if you don't love your morning routine, don't start with designing an entire new morning routine. Just think to yourself, what's one thing I want to accomplish in my morning routine. I was working with someone recently who they really want to journal and it's been a real struggle to get themselves to journal. So we started thinking about habit stacking, which is pairing two things together. One thing that you naturally do without thinking, and then you pair it with the thing that you're trying to get yourself to do. So without even thinking, they would have a cup of coffee in the morning. So we set up the journal literally against or right next to the coffee maker so that it was inevitable that they would have to reach over that journal in order to get the coffee. And that was their beginning of at least recognizing, okay, there's the journal, there's the pen, I'm standing up, I'm writing a word. And that's it, just to begin the process. There's a lot to it because for that person it was, well, how the heck am I going to even remember to get the journal in front of the coffee maker? And that just became, we're going to set an alarm on your phone. It's going to go off two times at night, just like a wake up alarm in the morning. That's how you're going to start remembering. So basic, but really important, pick one small thing, break it into different steps, try it out, and then you build from there. Um, For someone who's working with someone with ADHD, um, learn as much as you can about that person and how their brain works. Ask them questions. What's the best way to communicate with you? 
Um, what do you think might be a challenge for us working together? Um, what can I do to make this process work smoothly? Mm-hmm. In a situation where so- the person with ADHD, you know, their self-awareness isn't at a place where they can explain all that. It's doing exactly what you mentioned. It's you thinking to yourself, what kind of boundaries do I need to have in place so that I can do my part of this work successfully? Mm -hmm. And then it's always thinking of, I like to call it um, communicating with the ADHD brain and mind. It's hard when we get frustrated as human beings of like, why can't this person just understand? Or this is a simple question. I've asked it a million times and it can be so frustrating. So if we shift from a personal kind of thing to, okay, this is someone's brain, how they're hardwired and there's neurotransmitters involved. It takes all the emotion out of it and you can just think, okay, maybe I need less words. I need to change maybe the time of day you're even meeting with this person, um, the amount of time that you're having a conversation for, or maybe it's just a different style of communication altogether. Mm-hmm. So that's usually my go-to kind of tip with that is really just taking out that personal part and thinking brain to brain. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, will you share some resources that you have with this audience that might be helpful? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website, tracybromleygoodwin.com, is a place where I have blogs about ADHD. I have some information on the tips that that we're talking about. Um, I do have a coaching practice and group coaching um, program that will be launching end of January, early February. Um, And I... Also have on my website a resource list of favorite podcasts and books and information that people can um, look at for my favorite, you know, places to go and things to listen to. And there's, um, I can't think of the name of the book, right, um, that I'm listening to right now. The author is Rob Dial. It's not necessarily focused on ADHD in particular. Um, It will be on my website, but it's a really interesting book about developing habits and just making this mind shift in our brains about how we approach our lives and challenges that we face. Awesome. Is it the level up one that he has? Yes. Yes. That's what it is. Awesome. And we'll definitely link your website in the show notes. So they have a direct link over to that too. So. Um, Do you want to share any last parting words with this audience? Yes, just that um, if you are someone with ADHD, my experience with ADHD is the most creative, ambitious, driven, generous, kind-hearted people. This is why I do this work with ADHD, because there is so much untapped potential in so many people. And I just love helping people see that, you know, in themselves, dropping that shame that holds them back and just moving into a new way of living and owning their ADHD. Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to have Tracy back in a few weeks and we're going to talk through um, her lesson, The Overwhelm Society. It is her new membership that's coming out. So definitely stay tuned for that. And once it launches, we will also link that um, direct link in the show notes for this episode too. So thank you again so much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Talking Freelance with freelance expert, Leah Myers. Each Monday, a new episode is released. You can find us on all major podcast networks and at talkingfreelance.com. It is the mission of this podcast to support you to achieve success. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are those of Leah Myers only and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Upwork. Leah Myers is not an employee of, nor does she receive any compensation from Upwork.